Welcome, welcome, welcome to the E-Lane Podcast. I am your host, the one and the only Amisha. Today's topic of the day is I was the other girl and I knew it. So basically what happened with this situation was I was talking to this guy and from my understanding, me and him were just friends. We were just kicking it, having a good time and like spending time together, getting to know each other. And it was just a friendship from from my eyes. I felt like we were just friends. We was just kicking it. It was nothing serious. And so after like a month or so, that's when we started to have the conversation of like, what are we doing? Like, what's going on? And I was just really caught off guard by him bringing up that conversation with me because I just wasn't expecting it. So when he brought the conversation up to me, he made it clear that, you know, he was, you know, had other options and... I told him that I had other options and everything. And so um, then after we had that conversation and I told him I felt like I was single and I felt like we weren't, I didn't feel like we were in a relationship or anything like that. And I wasn't expecting to be treated as if we were in a relationship or anything like that. So... With that being said, um, basically what happened was a week after we had that conversation, it ended up coming out that he is actually in a relationship and that he actually has a girlfriend. And so when his girlfriend had found out that he had a side chick, well, really, I really wasn't a side chick. I feel like when you're a side chick, I feel like that means that you are like you knowingly know that he's in a relationship and then you're trying to like keep something going on or whatever but I just honestly did not know that he had a girlfriend so I felt like at the time I wasn't really a side chick or the other girl or whatever I was just we were just you know kicking me And so, but anyways, back to the story. When she found out that me and him had something going on, she was upset and everything. And I understood her frustration and I understood her side of the situation because me personally, I've been that girlfriend and finding out about my guy's other situations that was going on. And um, so after... All of that had went down. I'm not going to go too much in detail because I don't want, you know, people to be figuring out what situations I'm talking about. So after that, you know, I just, after I found out he had a girlfriend, I just kind of, I kind of like bagged back from him and like stopped talking to him as much as I would have talked to him and stuff like that. So we was just, you know, I still feel like I'm cool because honestly, from my perspective, like he was just my friend. We was just cool. I didn't really see um, anything like happening at that moment or whatever and so the girl let me tell you about like she was upset and I just didn't know what to do because 
for a second, I felt like she was trying to attack me and make me feel bad for my position in the situation, saying that basically after I found out that he had a girlfriend, I shouldn't have been talking to him. And what I was trying to explain to her is that Yes, we were having sex, but at the end of the day, that was my friend. That was somebody that I was cool with. And, like, once I found out he had a girlfriend, I just cut the sex out of the situation. And we just wasn't, you know, having sex no more. So, to me, like, we was just cool. We just friends. Like, it wasn't really that big of a deal to me. But she... You know, of course, she felt like it was a big deal to her because that's her man. They had been together for about a year. And I just couldn't imagine if I was with a dude for a year and really thinking, like, this was my man. And then finding out, you know, he talking to me. You know, I, I would feel some type of way, too. So I'm going to read the comments because I'm seeing something. And yeah, it was a situation, I guess, a situationship or whatever. But I didn't even want to give it that type of title of being a situation. Like, I just didn't feel like it was that serious to me. So when I found out, I mean, I just wanted to respect that situation. But I guess it just didn't work out for them or whatever, but that's none of my business. And I just feel like when you are the other girl, I feel like you have the right to figure out whether or not you want to stick around in that situation or if you want to let that situation go. And I just felt like our friendship meant more to me than, you know, anything so if we could just stop having sex and just be friends I was cool with that but she felt as if she wanted us to have no communication we should not have anything to do with each other and she wanted him to block me and all that good stuff and I can't blame her because if I was in her position I wouldn't want my nigga talking to me either like I wouldn't want my man somebody I'm in a relationship having the type of relationship that we had and that's just the honest truth and I just felt like from what he was telling me about their situation I felt like you know he didn't really want to be in that situation so I really didn't you know care too much about what they had going on and I just felt bad because she was really upset and really in her feelings and I've been there before so I just I just can't imagine doing that and it's like it made me like really think back into the situation where I was you know the girlfriend and then I found out my dude was messing with somebody outside of our relationship and it really like broke me so I just can only imagine like how she feels and I just I don't know I just didn't want her to think that I knew the whole time and I felt like she felt like I knew he had a girlfriend and I didn't care and I was still gonna be messing with him and all this other stuff and so she brought up a great point and she was like, so you didn't realize like all of the stuff that he had in the bathroom. And look, I know girls, when they go over to guy's house, they pretty much go through the guy's stuff and be snooping and looking to see if they have any clues to figure out whether or not 
he got another girl or something like that. And yeah, I noticed those little things, but I'm not the type of person where I'm going to blow something into a huge situation or whatever. I just peep stuff and keep it to myself. And it's like, I noticed that in the bathroom, there were a few like products in there that was a little bit more on the feminine side. But I really didn't, you know, think too much about it because, like I said, I really didn't care that much to think something about it. And I wasn't going to bring something up when it doesn't matter to me. You see what I'm saying? Like, I feel like if he was trying to make it seem like we were together and, like, he was trying to be my man and stuff like that, then it would have been a whole different story. But, honestly, I felt like we were just friends and yeah and so it made it seem like because we were having sex that I was the other girl but I really don't feel like I was really the other girl but I was at the same time so that's just that y'all let me know about y'all side situations like how do y'all feel about having side situations and how you feel about being the side chick or like the side nigga or whatever the case may be and then what would you what would you do in that situation like would you stay and still communicate with somebody after you find out that you were like the side nigga or the side chick or whatever let me know subscribe to the podcast on apple Podcasts. make sure you give us five stars and leave a review you can also follow us on Spotify. Make sure you search Emisha, that is E-M-M-E-I-S-H-A, and the Elaine podcast will come up. Let's talk about it. So it is Black History Month, so I wanted to come on here and start the conversation about being too white for the black kids. So growing up, as you can see, I am a light-skinned African-American woman. So for a long time, a lot of people, when I was younger, they tried to figure out what am I and what category I fit in and things like that. And so when it came to being around other black children, I was put in like she, you know, she don't, she's not really dark but she's not white either. And so a lot of people were confused and they felt like I was mixed and they felt like I had either one of my parents were white or either one of my parents were of some other ethnicity other than black. But I have two black parents. Both of my parents are actually darker than me my mom she is you know of a darker skin complexion my father he is you know a little bit on the lighter side but he is probably a few tones darker than me so me being light-skinned I'm just light-skinned because that just you know being black like we have different shades and it's just in our DNA to you know produce different shades of blackness so I just ended up being light-skinned like a majority of my family members are darker skin tones so I just ended up being light-skinned and so it really bugged me because it's like 
when I would hang out with the black kids, it's like I'm too light-skinned and I think I'm better than everybody because I'm of a lighter skin tone. And it's crazy to me that people think that because I was never that type of person where I felt like I was better than somebody because I have a lighter skin tone. Like, when I was younger, I never thought about, oh, I'm lighter than you, so you are less than. Like, that never crossed my mind. And since I grew up around dark-skinned women and men, I just view myself as that. Like, I just view myself as equal to them. I never felt like I had some type of privilege. I never felt like I got special treatment because I'm a lighter skin tone. I never felt like that, and I just felt like I always used to get picked on because people felt like because I'm of a lighter skin complexion that I got some type of special treatment, and I really didn't. And it's like the dark-skinned kids, they wouldn't want to hang around me because I'm the light-skinned girl. And then it's like the white kids, they wouldn't want to hang around me because I'm too, I'm black, and I'm, you know... I fall in the other category. So it was just like I was like in the middle and I just felt like neither group wanted anything to really do with me because, you know, I don't really look like them. And so I also didn't really fall into the category of the mixed children because I'm not mixed with anything. I have two black parents and those black parents have two black parents. So there is no, maybe down the line, you know, which I want to explore more and learn more about my personal history. But I just honestly don't feel like... um, I would be categorized as a mixed person. I just so happen to be of a lighter skin complexion. And so, yeah, like I said, I know that colorism is a real thing and that a lot of people um, have experienced colorism throughout their lifetime. And that's why I wanted to start Black History Month off with talking about colorism and about being light skin versus dark skin and all of that other stuff because it's a real thing and I just wish we didn't feel like we had to divide and feel like this shade is that and that shade is that in my eyes we all black at the end of the day and it doesn't matter what shade of black you are And so now I want to talk more about the history of Black History Month. So Black History Month originally was Negro History Week. So at first, we just had one week when they would, you know, talk about Negro history. And I just want to pay close attention to the fact that it was called Negro history and that name we have transitioned from the name Negro to black and so I just want everybody to just take a moment and think about that think about how long we've come to where now we're not you know labeled as Negroes we're labeled as black people and I just honestly feel like using the term black is more 
is more appropriate because back in the day when they used to use the word Negro, I feel like they used the word Negro as a way to um, look down on us and use that as a term where um, it's like you're 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 wrong like you don't even really deserve to be accounted for and then it's like then got transitioned to calling us black and now we use the word black to uplift one another and we use the word black to say that this is our history this is where we have come from and this is where we are now so i love the fact that we as black people have taken hold of the names that we have been called and now we're using it to our our advantage and so like i said i'm going to be discussing black excellence all month long for the month of February because black history is everything and I feel like honestly we should celebrate and talk about black history every day all day in my classes I've learned about you know the history of African-American people and now I'm studying the African diaspora and I just love that course I just love african-american studies period as a discipline and i just honestly feel like if i was to do college all over again i definitely would be a double major in african-american studies and film and media and i would have concentrated my film education on touching on black issues and learning how to create black content so yeah african-american studies if you are in college and you have the opportunity to pick an african-american studies course i highly 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 recommend that you definitely take a african-american studies course because i learned so much that they don't really teach you in regular history classes in american history and u.s history They don't even touch on half of the things that we talk about in African-American studies. Visit www.theelainebrand.com. Shop our store. We have bundles, wigs, and lashes. If you need to contact customer service, make sure you email shop at theelainebrand.com. All right, you guys. So now it's time to get a little personal, and I'm going to take you guys through a trip down memory lane. Like I said, this is a new segment of the show, a trip down memory lane. And so today I'm gonna open up about daddy issues. So I feel like I definitely have daddy issues and this is something that I want to open up and start discussing in therapy. And it's one of the main reasons why I felt like therapy would be beneficial to me because I have daddy issues. I honestly do have daddy issues. And so the reason why I have daddy issues is because I felt like growing up, 
I was a daddy's girl. Like, I love being around my father and, like, having a good time with him. Like, every time I would spend with him when I was younger, I always remember having a great time. And, like, my dad, he really um, wasn't, how can I say this without, I'm trying to word everything properly so I won't come off as, come off the wrong way and, like, I know a lot of my family members, they watch me and I don't want them to feel like I'm talking bad about my dad or like, I'm, you know, talking mess about him or nothing like that. But I'm just stating my position and I just felt like growing up, he really didn't have a lot, you know, and I felt like he did the best that he could. And I feel like he's still trying to do the best that he can. And But when you're younger... You don't really look at stuff like that. You don't really be thinking about stuff like that. So when I was younger, I was a daddy's girl. And, you know, I spent weekends. I had that type of arrangement where during the week I went to school. And on some weekends I would go and be with my dad for the weekend. And that's how my parents had decided to co-parent me. So... When I got a little bit older, I started to realize that my dad disappointed me a lot. And he pretty much, you know, didn't show up for me for certain things. And, you know, he would disappear for like weeks at a time and wouldn't call me or whatever, wouldn't text me, wouldn't say anything. And for a minute, I started to feel like something was wrong with me. I started to feel like, um, he didn't want to be in my life. I felt like for a po- for a moment in time, I felt like my father didn't want to be a po- in a part of my life. And that really hurt me. And once I found out later on what was going on in his life at that time, I started to understand a little bit more why he wasn't present and why he wasn't in my life the way that I needed and wanted him to be. And so my mom and my dad, in my opinion, they did not get along. I feel like my mom does not like my dad. I feel like my mom, for a period of time, didn't even want to speak to him. It was to the point where it's like if she had something to say, she would tell me to tell him what she said. She didn't really want to have conversations with him herself. And I just didn't like that. And it's like my dad wouldn't really want to talk to my mom. They really I felt like they really didn't have great communication. And I felt that as a child. And so I just feel like my daddy issues play a huge role in my dating life. And I feel like it has a huge part in why I date the way that I date and like how I look at guys and my expectations for the dudes that I let into my life. I feel like I have... I looked at my father and there's certain things that my dad didn't do that I feel like I would want my man to do. Because when I'm looking for a man, I'm looking for somebody who can potentially be the father of my children. And I 
after seeing how my father was to me, it's just certain things that if I have a child with somebody, I need to know that you're not going to do those things to my children. I need to know that you're going to be there for my children. I need to know that you're going to be able to provide and be that person that my children can go to when they need that father figure. Like I, growing up, wasn't able to just call my dad and be like, Dad, I need you to handle this real quick. I didn't have that. And I, and that's something that when I look into my guy, like I want to be able to call him and be able to be like, I need X, Y, and Z, and he handles it, no questions asked. And it is another thing is like, my dad, he was very inconsistent. And it's like, if I see inconsistency in you, I can't take you seriously. Like, I can't see myself being in a serious, committed relationship with somebody that's inconsistent. I can't see myself being in a relationship with someone that I can't depend on. I feel like a lot of the things that my dad did while I was growing up and now into my adulthood is the reason why I expect certain things from the guys that I'm dating. And I just feel like a lot of girls go through the same thing. And guys, I feel like their relationship with their father, you know, determines how they treat a woman and how they um, speak to a woman. I feel like my relationship with my dad is the reason why I have a hard time dating because it's like as soon as I see something that I don't like, it's like cut off. No questions asked. It's like I might still deal with you and I still might kick it with you. But as far as me viewing you as being my man and being the father of my children, it's not happening. So I'm still working on my daddy issues. I know I'm not perfect and I have things that I need to work on. But y'all let me know if y'all have daddy issues, if y'all feel like daddy issues is something that you're going through. And once, you know, my therapy sessions start and I start talking more and um, evaluating and healing from my daddy issues, I'm going to, of course, come back on the podcast and talk to you guys about all of that. Call 678-460-6706. You can have a conversation with me about anything you want. You can promote your business, shout out your friend or family member, or ask for advice. Ask Misha, how can I, how I get in your close friends? What's in there? So I feel like this question had came around the time when I went to that lingerie party that I talked about. So if you haven't listened to the last podcast, go check out the last podcast. I talked about the lingerie party and the only people who were able to see the lingerie party for real for real was the people that was in my close friends and the reason why i posted it in my close friends because it was ass everywhere coochie everywhere titties everywhere everybody was just shaking everything and i just didn't want to put that out there because the one clip that did get released and i put out there 
it was just a huge problem and I'm just trying to figure out what's wrong and I just I don't know and so yeah um so what's in my close friends and my close friends is like things that I can't really share publicly but the people that I know in real life they're in my close friends and I let them see like the behind the scenes of everything and I like the close friends feature I'm happy that we have the close friends feature because it'd be like, I be want to post stuff, but I just don't be wanting everybody to be knowing what I be posting. And so, yeah, um, I can't remember who asked this question, but close friends, like only time I add people to my close friends usually is if, if somebody DM me and they ask to be in there and I know them for real, for real. Like if I know you and I feel like, okay, you could be in my close friends, you could be in my close friends, but I don't add certain family members to my close friends because it's just like I'm tired of every time I post something, somebody got something to say. It's like, y'all need to get over it. I'm grown and I can do whatever I want to do. And that's just that. I already told y'all in one of my previous episodes, mind your business. Who does nail look so ratchet? But mind your business. Don't be worried about what I be posting on my thing. And it's just like everybody can't be in my close friends simply because I don't know who some people are. And it's just like I don't want nobody screenshotting me and, you know, screen recording me. And I just feel like the people that's in my close friends. They just enjoy being in my close friends. They don't really disrespect me on no type of level. And I just feel like everything is not meant to be seen by everybody. And it's just certain things that should be private. And so that's what I put in my close friends. I put everything that I can't really put on my main page because everything is not meant to be put out there. But I did put enough out there for y'all to know what was going on. So, yes. And the next question for today is, what do women value most? I forgot to ask this on my Instagram so I could get other people's feedback. But what do I value as a woman the most? I feel like I value respect. I feel like I value honesty. I feel like I value, um, yeah, I think I I value respect and honesty. I feel like if you, and I value effective communication. I feel like if we have effective communication, if I can trust you and what else did I say? And if I could trust you and if I, if you respect me, if your respect level for me is amazing, I feel like that makes me feel secure. I feel like if you don't respect me and you constantly do things that I don't like and you constantly after I've told you over and over and over again, lie to me, I feel like I can't I can't rock with you. I feel like if you can't even do those simple three things, 
I just can't I can't mess with you because you can't be trusted. And I just feel like you can't let everybody in. And I, and that's something that I had to learn. I feel like everybody can't be let in. And it's just like too many people just disrespectful and they just don't care. Like people really honestly if they don't respect you, they will honestly come into your life and cause hell. They will really come into your life do whatever they want to do to you, treat you however they want to treat you, and then when they're done, they're good. And that's why I value effective communication. If we can talk things out, if you can state your perspective, I can state my perspective, and then we could come together for an understanding, I feel like that's amazing. If you don't have effective communication, you definitely need to work on that because there's no way you're going to be able to have good friendships, good relationships, good business partnerships if you cannot communicate effectively. If... You do not respect people on just a nat- like a normal human thing. How can you expect love to genuinely come your way if you just be disrespected people on totally different levels? So I just feel like respect, trust, uh, communication, and all of that. If I feel like that's what women value the most. I feel like women definitely value respect, communication, and honesty. I feel like those three things, if you got that, then I feel like you'll be able to go you'll be able to make a woman feel valued you'll make you that will definitely make her feel loved and appreciated. Alright, so that's all I have for you guys today. I feel like I did a great job. I had a great conversation. Make sure you tune in on my lives. I'm definitely going to start doing more lives while I record. I really enjoyed it. Um, Don't forget to call me if you want to be on the show. Um, Follow me on all social media platforms at Emisha, E-M-M-E. I-S-H-A. And like I said at the beginning of this episode, I am the one and the only Amisha. And I will see you guys in the next podcast. I don't know why I just sung it like that, but I did. But anyways.